Episode 31, Understanding the Landscape Through a Mac-Based CRM. My conversation with Daylight CRM creator, AJ Jetha. I'm Michael D. Eisenberg. I'm the Tech Savvy Lawyer, blogging at the techsavvylawyer.page and host of the techsavvylawyer.page podcast. In this podcast series, I'll be interviewing lawyers, judges, and others in the area of law to talk about where they see lawyers new and seasoned, taking advantage of technology in their legal work, and how all lawyers can utilize technology to better their practice, improve their services to their clients, and enhance their own lives. My next guest is AJ Jetha. AJ is the president and CEO of Market Circle, Inc., Market Circle is a developer of small business software for the Mac, iPhone, and iPad, including the client relations management program, Daylight. I'm super excited to have AJ on as a guest as I use Daylight in my own law practice. Editor's note, my apologies for some of the jingling you hear toward the end of the podcast. My youngest puppy, Teddy, decided to pay me a visit during the session. Enjoy. AJ, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you here. And full disclosure, I am a Daylight user. I've been a Daylight user for about seven years, uh, and I really enjoy the product. So I'm excited to have you here. Well, thank you for, for having me again. To get things started, I like to ask my guests, uh, number one question, what is your current tech setup? Well, there's a, there's a few things. So I have, I have a couple of setups. Uh, well, I guess it is part of my setup. And one mm-hmm. of them is my actual um coding kind of uh, setup, which is an mm-hmm. iMac, a 27 inch iMac with an attached monitor. So I can have, you know, a whole bunch of uh, screens. Uh, and I have, um, <clears throat> I have an, um, an M1 MacBook Air, which mm-hmm. I'm currently on with you. And I have uh, an iPad Pro 12.9, which, uh, which is currently doing the, the video. Okay. Uh, and I have uh, a, a Samson mic, I think it's called, okay. um, for the audio that you're listening to. And I have an iPhone 11 Pro and another iPad. So I have, I have a few things. So I have to ask now, as you and I have talked in the past, that you know, this blog in the podcast is not you know, Apple-centric. It's Apple and Windows. I happen to be right. an Apple user. I'm a very happy Apple user, and I know there's a lot of happy... Uh, Windows users out there, um, but since I happen to have a, a Mac person on here, I'm going to ask mm-hmm. you some Mac questions. Sure. That being said, so you got the the MacBook Air, uh, the Air, the M1. Yeah. How do you find that speed wise in comparison to your iMac? So, um, I haven't actually done heavy heavy lifting on the M1. I use mm-hmm. it more as my kind of. Uh, you know, I, I need to run out or, and, and I need to have a, a computer with me or right, right. I don't want to work in the office. I want to just kind of go work in the backyard or, right. or something like that. So I tend to do more lighter stuff. But what I have noticed, the fans don't go on. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, uh, the battery life is much better. Uh, Zoom doesn't kill it, for example, you know. Mm-hmm. And so in that sense, I'm really happy with it much better. I had, a, I, I had a, the, another one uh, prior to this, which was the Intel one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I prefer this one. I prefer the M1 because and, just the smoothness, no fans going right, right. And, and et cetera. It just feels snappier. And is your, is your iPad 
is it an M1 chip or is it an older version? No, it's the it's the just the prior one to the uh, to the M1. Um, I'm waiting a little bit to see what what happens in in a in a, in a few weeks uh, at the September announcement if there is anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the like in terms of the power that it has, even prior to the M1, it was already better than my Intel um, um, uh, MacBook Air that I had. So that in that way, I'm quite happy with what it does. If I recall correctly, I have. I had the 2017 iPad Pro. Mm-hmm. If I got the, if I have the year right, it was the the first iPad Pro of the 12.9 size, and um, I think it had been about three or four years since I had an upgrade, so I upgraded to the M1 chip. I'm right. enjoying it. I mean, it's smooth. It works. I'm I'm thrilled with it. But to be honest, uh, I'm not showing that much of an improvement in speed but i will say this the screen is gorgeous so if that m1 chip mm-hmm. is helping running that screen that's fantastic and of course also the uh the m1 chip i know is running 5g i believe so i don't have that particular one but i believe that's the case for the m1. i believe i'm running 5g and i've noticed that is snappier and faster that the 5g both on my m1 uh ipad and also my iphone uh Pro Max uh, 12 is right. both have 5G. And I just upgraded to 5G like a week, week and a half ago. And I have noticed a vast improvement in the speed of uh, data interconnection. So I've been thrilled with that. But I see you also have some old school stuff. What is that whiteboard behind you? Well, the, I have a whiteboard. I have a, I have a Rodia notebook and I have a fountain pen. And I, I use those old school things. Right to ungum my brain. <laughs> and what I mean by that is sometimes there's just a whole bunch of stuff, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that happens. And, and uh, my method of, of kind of getting uh, unstuck on that is, uh, is, is a couple of things. One is just writing stuff. And it's sometimes it comes out and you know, I look back and I go, what was I writing? But it just helps me kind of uh, untangle things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily use it as a task list or anything like that. It's just, mm-hmm my thoughts uh, coming out. And then the whiteboard is, is when we're talking about, uh, you know, how this system, you know, hangs with that system and so forth. I end up using the whiteboard, but lately I've been actually using uh, the iPad with the, uh, because we're all working remote now. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> I've been using the iPad uh, with the pencil to kind of draw some things around that I would have normally used the, uh, uh, the whiteboard for. Uh, so, um, so that's kind of a relic a little bit, the whiteboard, but the, the notebook is definitely key still to this day and probably will be because I doodle, I, you know, I just write some random thoughts or, or what have you. And that just helps me kind of uh, clear the mind a little bit. Well, if you forgive me, I'm going to ask you a bonus question. Something you mm-hmm. said kind of sparked my interest. You know, we went into the COVID, uh, shutdown Everyone started working from home. It was a new thing for many people. And now as we're coming out of it, it's clearly something that companies are interested in. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. I happen to be here in Saratoga, in Malta right now, visiting family. And we're staying at a hotel near a basically fairly new, from my understanding, state farm building complex Mm -hmm. that from COVID has completely shut down. I mean, we're looking at new buildings four right. new buildings or newish buildings that look, but 
they've shut down and they've moved on. I have to wonder is if they've sent everyone home to work because they're beginning to realize the benefits of allowing you know certain workers to work from home. So my question to you is, you know, having gone through this transition, what are three ways you've used technology to help with that transition going back and forth? And to be blunt, the final question from that is, is that something you think you may stay with? So uh, our move to remote uh, has been ongoing for the last four years or so. Okay. Right? So we started, mm-hmm. we started the process, we realized that, um, uh, you know, we needed to evolve to that kind of model. And instead of going cold turkey on it, like mm-hmm. how a lot of people have had to do last year right, with, right. with the lockdowns, we have been gradually over time mm-hmm. increasing our work from home time. Mm-hmm. So we started, first of all, two days a week that we would work from home and then, you know, found all kinds of problems. We corrected those, uh, et cetera. And we just progressed. And then mm-hmm. when COVID hit, we were already pretty much uh, remote and we would only do our our all hands and, and you know, our once a quarter, once a month meetings at the office where we would right. kind of get together. And the office was going to uh, basically go that particular office. We were going to set up another office for kind of sales and marketing kind of activities but the original office, we were just going to uh, let it go anyways. So when, when right. COVID hit, we were, it didn't really phase us. Uh, but in terms of, to answer your question, in terms of technology, what we ended up uh, heavily relying on is more, um, more software, really. So we use Confluence as our kind of wiki where we put mm-hmm. a lot of our SOPs, a lot of our uh, a lot of our stuff is just in there, and it allows us to kind of collaborate uh, in terms of that kind of stuff, um, and you know, getting all the procedures in place. Because one of the things that that has uh, changed is before you would come into the office, and you know, if you needed to figure something out, you could kind of just raise your hand and say, "Hey, how do you do this?" and somebody would tell you. Uh, but now when you're remote, you can't do that. So you have to have those kinds of things somewhere. And so, um, uh, you know, one, of course, one way was notes in daylight, but because we code on daylight, it's kind of difficult sometimes mm-hmm. to be in the production environment and in the development environment and so forth. So we end up using uh, Confluence a lot in terms of solving that particular problem. Uh, then the other thing that we really needed to get our act together was um on the use of, of tools like Zoom um, mm-hmm. to, to, to do meetings and how to do the meetings, uh, how to keep them effective. Um, and so that was another kind of, you know, uh, uh, thing that we had to perfect. And then finally, uh, a tool like Slack. Prior to Slack, we were using mm-hmm. a thing called HipChat. And so uh, we needed that kind of a tool uh, to help us kind of answer questions quickly, get somebody's attention quickly, like how we used to do in the office. Like, you know, you raise right, your right. hand and, mm-hmm. and say, hey, what about this? Now we kind of do that on Slack. But we've had to also adapt to, you know, different time zones, different um, um, uh, people's different schedules, et cetera. Uh, so we've had to put some of those things into place. So it's a different way of working. Um, and it, it has its pros and it has its cons. Uh, and it takes a little bit of time to get adjusted to it, for sure. It's not like a switch that you can just kind of go. Well, hold on. I got to go back and, and ask you. So you said Zoom-like uh, programs. So you're not using Zoom, you're using something similar? So prior to Zoom, we were using some other tool. 
and then Zoom kind of came and and so we've been using Zoom probably two years, three years now. Okay. Uh, so prior to that, I don't remember what we were using. Okay. Okay. Or something like that. I don't remember what it was that we were using. Well, you know, I I think it in a sense sort of leads us into our questions because if I recall correctly, uh, Zoom is integrated into Daylight. So we have a third party, uh, a third party uh, plugin uh, that mm-hmm. uh, one of our partners, iOS experts, has put together that integrates Zoom and Daylight. Um, yes, so there is an integration available. Excellent, excellent, and, and I, I know I've been using that uh, for some of my meetings. Mm-hmm. But um, Tara, let's go into the questions, and I have a feeling we'll come back to Zoom in just a little bit. So what are the top three ways that Daylight, which to the um, listener is basically a Mac-based program and a Mac-only based program, Mm -hmm. how does Daylight differ from other uh, CRMs like Clio, Practice Panther, amongst others that are universal for both Mac and Windows, but they are based in the cloud? So there's there's a good question. There's a number of differences that we feel are important. So the first one is that when we designed Daylight, we didn't really uh, start with CRM, so to speak, mm-hmm. right? What, what our intent was to help small businesses grow and, and, and so forth. That was the idea behind uh, what we wanted. And go, zooming out, we're like, okay, well, what does that mean? So the first part of that is productivity, right? So the first mm-hmm. part of, of that is, is just general productivity. This is why we have the calendar that we have, the task management that we have, the notes that we have, et cetera. And then on top of that, we put the CRM bits. Uh, because again, in order for you to grow your business, you got to manage your clients, right? You got to grow, you got you to right. you you build those relationships, you got to close those deals, and then you got to execute, right? So, so that's what has driven uh, some of the decisions that we've made. And they're very different than when you just approach it from, hey, we're building a CRM. Right. So our intent was not to build a CRM. Our intent was to build a tool that helps small businesses grow. And so um, a lot of the decisions we made have been first on productivity and second on CRM. And the result of that is what is makes us unique because of our approach uh, in the sense that, for, for example, we'll take one one pretty basic example, which is the calendar, right? So we have a full featured calendar mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and um, uh, like, I don't think any other CRM has a calendar like ours, but we further to that, we realize that, okay, if you're helping a small business grow, the typically the business owner or even managers and so forth, they have their own personal lives that they have to kind of balance. And mm-hmm. so we do things like allowing you to superimpose your personal calendars on top of your business calendars. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can, you know, you can manage your time because that time is finite. You don't have, mm-hmm. you can't multiply that time. You have the same 24 hours uh, Jeff Bezos has, right? So, um, so, so we, we've taken that angle and, and we, we invest the time and energy to, to make that kind of stuff possible, which, uh, many of those quote unquote cloud-based CRMs or even other CRMs just don't do that because they don't approach it from the productivity angle. We approach it from a horizontal kind of productivity angle. That's our first thought when we're thinking of things. Okay. So that's and a little bit different. That's a different approach than, than what's out there. Okay. So we, 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 I understand that approach and we talked about calendaring. So, but can you tell me two other 
ways that you guys stand out, say, from those other um, CRMs? So another way that we stand out, there's, there's a few ways, right? So another one is the fact that we have offline data, meaning that mm-hmm. um, you're able to, on your Mac, uh, continue working, whether you have a connection or not, you have a local copy of the majority of your data. Well, not all of it, but the most common stuff that you'd be looking up and working with. Uh, you could be, for example, on a plane and, you know, add notes and, you know, add contact details and, and all this kind of stuff. And when, when you get a connection, it all syncs up and mm-hmm. it's multi-user as well, right? So it's not like, uh, uh, like an iCloud document or anything like that. It's a full multi-user system um, that synchronizes all that data, yet you have a local copy. So that's another way that we're very different than, than our, than, than our uh, uh, competitors, our web-based competitors, because they, if they do have a native app, it's usually just uh, a read-only kind of uh, thing. And also it's not offline, meaning that um, you, know, you can look at reports, you can maybe do some very, very basic things. You gotta be online in our case, you don't have to be off uh, online. You can be offline, and that's both iPhone, iPad, and Mac. So you know, you know, kind of dawned on me. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I like Daylight is that I always have my office with me, and usually it's already been synced, synced to the cloud server with my other computers. And you know, on the few offbeat chances where I just don't have internet access, like you know, sometimes on a plane or in certain areas where, you know, just to be blunt, there's not great cellular data. Um, I, I guess my question is, can you explain the reasoning of why you would want to handicap yourself by being on a cloud-based only CRM? I, I think that most people don't consider that aspect uh, when, when they're evaluating these things. Um, and so they look at it and they say, oh, that's what's available that looks like a good tool. And there are some good tools out there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they just go ahead and use it because it solves a business problem. They don't consider the situation, well, wait a minute, what if I don't have connection? Wait a minute, what if I'm traveling? Um, so, so what actually, interestingly enough, what happens is how we gain our customers is they know about us, they end up maybe going with the a competitive product and then they mm-hmm. run into these problems and then they come back to us and, and says, you know what, I should have started with you. Uh, and so, and so once they run into the problem, they realize the value of it. Uh, we try to, you know, sell, sell people on those ideas at first, but at, it, it doesn't necessarily resonate until you, you run into the problems. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like having like Dropbox and not having, you know, it syncs to the cloud, but without having a copy on your hard drive on your main computer, it seems just a little bit silly in my mind, but you know, yeah, it could also yeah, be and, and and that's our argument. That's our our our, our argument, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, a lot of the times, uh, you know, people get it, but other times it's like I don't need that. I always have a connection until you run into the problem, right? And it's surprising uh, how many times you actually run into that kind of problem. It's it's really surprising. You would think that in modern day, like always on kind of thing, it's, uh, you know, it's surprising how many times you run into that issue. 
well, you know, unfortunately, and it's always the time when you really, really need it. And quite frankly, mm -hmm. you're really, really screwed and you're end up going to get in trouble with your client and or the court or the bar and, and, you know, and then it's too late, but let's move on to, hold on. I got two answers from you. I need one more. I always do these okay. in threes. Yes. I, I, I yes, I, I, I didn't answer the third one. The third one I think um, is, well, actually, there's two more, but I'll go. I'll go with one of them. Is how we integrate into Apple Mail, right? Mm -hmm. So, so you get your your mail, and we tuck ourselves in there. Mm -hmm. And compared to some of our competitors, where you have to um, have like alias addresses and and mm -hmm. so forth in in the thing it, with Daylight, because we plug into Apple Mail. Um, you can, you know, it, it, there is none of that, like, you know, notification at abc.com, mm -hmm. you know, like, like there's none of that. It's like your email address. And um, when we get that email address and you're selecting, we, you know, query the database and we come up with the various bits of information that are relevant for perhaps that case, perhaps that contact um, and, and we show you those, those particular things right then and there. And if you want to make a task about mm -hmm, that particular mm -hmm. email in mm -hmm. regards to that particular person, you can do it right there. So we, uh, so, so our angle is, is there, it's like, it's much more like, you know, they don't know you're using a system because it looks like normal mail. Right. And exactly. so, uh, that's one of the other, uh, um, uh, differentiating factors. Well, one thing I, I think is important for the listener who is a window-based, uh, and even for a Mac-based, but uh, for window-based um, CRMs that, you know, with Mac mail, don't be thinking that you must have some sort of at Mac.com email address. Mac mail will read Gmail, um, Microsoft um, Office mm -hmm. Exchange, thank you. Uh, amongst you know your private email, you know I have uh, at Eisenberg-LawOffice.com. You know it will read, right. it will it will bring down any of those, and you can determine which of those email addresses actually will link up into your daylight. And right. it, it's nice to have that copy of an email in the daylight database as well, because when you've tagged that email uh, in the daylight uh, mail assistance. Uh, which is a little window on your right to um, the project that you're working on. It's great to have, you know, if I have to sometimes look up an email from so many years ago and, and I'm like using my iPad or something, it's easier just to, you know, go into uh, daylight and just search under the project and search under the date for that email. Um, so that's more for the listener. Uh, you and I know that. <laughs> yes. Yes. We, we, we know that. And it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, that's right. That's exactly the thing. Like you control that and it always remains your domain and it's not something else. And you have backup copies. Yeah. So one of the things is like we, you have your email obviously in your mm. inbox or your email box. Mm. Uh, and then when you copy it, you know, you select it and you put it in daylight. The other benefit is that if you are in an, uh, in an organization with multiple people um, that if emails go to Bob, for example, Bob mm -hmm. links it in, then you can still see it, even though mm -hmm. you were never mm -hmm. addressed uh, right. in, in, in that original thread. So, so that, that in itself, uh, a lot of people really like, because what happens is normally there'd be uh, silos of information. Like, you know, there's mm -hmm. emails that were sent to Bob in Bob's mailbox, uh, mm -hmm. but it's in context to this case or project. 
and then you need to go and look at it and it wouldn't normally wouldn't be there it'd be on in in bob's mailbox right but now it's in daylight and it's linked and you have it in context well i'm going to add one more to that and uh i apologize to the listener from just being a, a pro daylight uh user <laughs> uh, i happen to be and i love it i'm really glad to be sharing this with everyone also one other thing to think about is that when bob leaves Bob's emails don't disappear when his computer shuts down and it's erased. It's still in daylight. So, you know, you got to follow up with something that Bob did or didn't do. Uh, You've got all those emails there. So let's sort of lead into the next question. How are three ways that daylight integrates with Apple to help the user? So good question. Um, so the first one we already spoke about, which was Apple Mail, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're in there. You don't have to break that particular workflow. But then there's the whole other part, which is that whole productivity angle. Like, for example, mm-hmm. you know, why, why are we on the Mac to begin with? Mm-hmm. Like, why? And the, the reason for that is, again, going back to helping that small business grow, whether it's a law firm, whether it's another kind of firm, um, is you know, the productivity gains of keyboard shortcuts, the productivity mm-hmm. gains of, of uh, you know, things like text expander and, and, and all these kinds of things that are built into the platform. Because we're a native app on that platform, we get mm-hmm. to benefit from all these things. It's amazing, actually. We have, you know, we have customer calls and where we, where we you know, uh, onboard them and teach them and, and train them a little bit. And when we show, and they've come from either Windows or, or just being exposed to browser-based software, and we expose them to some of these, like, uh, you know, uh, stuff on the platform, it just blows them away. And for the, the, the simplest things, and we don't have anything to do with that per se, but because we're a, 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 a good citizen on the platform, we get mm-hmm. those benefits. And so that's another way that, that uh, um, um, you know, it helps the user in that sense. Like it's just part of the platform and it's, uh, um, you get to benefit from all the things that, that Apple does, right? Like, you know, all kinds of stuff. Can you give us some specifics? So we talked like about Apple Mail. Are there any other specifics uh, um native programs that you think would be uh, natural uh, for this discussion? So we, for example, integrate with uh, pages, numbers, and keynote for, for what we call letter merging. You know, when you, mm-hmm. when you do uh, document assembly, we also uh, integrate with uh, Word and Excel, right? Right. And of course, uh, Word and Excel, you have to pay for, but uh, pages and, and numbers uh, is something that comes free with uh, an Apple uh, Correct. OS. Correct. Yeah, and for most uh, kind of documents that that people need, um, like eighty uh, percent, mm-hmm. you know, pages is is good enough, right? Mm-hmm. And, and right. numbers are good enough. I, of course, when you go into the crazy complex stuff, that's a different story. But but for the you know the eighty ninety percent uh, use case, uh, mm-hmm. those apps are 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 good enough, you know, and, so, gotcha. and they're free. So for the third one, what are the third party integrations? Um, can you use? Uh, with daylight that would help. So, so there is a num. So, so we have um, uh, an, an interesting story there. We have two types of in- two types of key integrations, right? Mm-hmm. So, first of all, is the in-app plugin kind of integrations, mm-hmm. which uh, we have a, 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 a few developers, a few partners of ours that have made some very very interesting plugins, uh, and you can see them on our website. 
Then there is the other part where because we're cloud-backed, if mm -hmm. you have a native app, you can have native plugins, but then you, we're cloud-backed. And over there, uh, we have a REST API that we expose and we integrate with the likes of Z, uh, Zapier or Zapier, however mm -hmm. you want to say that, and, and other integrations that, that, that are happening at that layer, right? So we have two... We're able to integrate at uh, um, you know in, in two different ways, and the Zapier example is you know we can integrate with all kinds of different systems and apps through that mechanism, right? So well, I have to ask, what is your what is your favorite Zapier integration that you like to use in, in daylight? So in the office, for example, or or no, not in the office, but as as running the business, we integrate with. Um, uh, some of our forms that you know when you when you come in and you uh, you want you want to schedule an appointment or mm -hmm. you have some some uh, some details that we need to fill out, those forms come into daylight through a Zapier integration. Mm -hmm. Okay, excellent, excellent. Yeah, so that's one of the ways that we're that we're doing it. Another another way that we're doing it is, uh, uh, for example, we have we're working with a company called Harmonizely for online booking, mm -hmm. and what they do is they. Um, uh, read our, our, our CalDAV source. So we're also a CalDAV and CardDAV right. server, with, you know, for those nerdy people that understand what that means. That means that, you know, you can see our, our, our calendar and our contacts in your in Apple calendar or in another CalDAV right. client app, et cetera, right? So they read that uh, and are able to present to your prospective uh, customers or clients uh, some appointment slots that they can uh, they can book. And so they see it, they book it, and it goes right into daylight. And that all happens in the background, in the cloud, and you, you don't have to worry about it. And there it is, you have your appointment and the contact that created it. Uh, if you don't happen to have them in the database already, they're created in there. So that's another example of a really cool, you know, cloud-backed kind of integration. Well, one thing that uh, you and I were talking about before we got on, on Mike today, actually just a couple of days before, is there are programs like calendar rules and other core calendaring programs that if you put in a particular date, if you filed something on a particular date, or if you responded to something, or, or if you've made a motion on a particular date, it will automatically calculate all the response dates and due dates and deadlines. If mm -hmm. an order has been, uh, been made and you have so many days to respond to it, depending on what court you're in, it will do all that calculations for you. And then you can download it, whether it's a uh, CFE file, um, an ICS, uh, or uh, Kind of forgetting the ones for Outlook, but the, those data files can be right. downloaded and then incorporated into your CRM. And the way I have it done, I use, so I, I download it into my downloads folder. I have Zapier recognize that I've downloaded a calendar file, a calendar data file, and then it will open up daylight. And then it will say, well, where do you want to put this under what category do you want to put it into? And of course, you know, usually I put deadlines, but sometimes it could be for other things too. So um, that is a nice way of using a third-party integration through, to be blunt, you know, an Apple product, which is the calendar program, because that will sync up with that as well. So you'll have it both on daylight, you'll have it on your calendar program, which again, to note for the, um, the listener is a free program you get with Apple um, that works nicely. And, you know, the, I'm just kind of gearing this a little bit toward attorneys so that they know how they can use 
the variety of products with daylight to keep track of their deadlines and their office. Yeah, um, and that's that's a really important feature for for uh, uh, for a few industries, but law in specific. And we have even an, a feature called activity sets, where mm-hmm. you can you can kind of schedule things uh, towards a target date. So, mm-hmm. for example, a court date. Um, and for other industries, we, you can do you know from a date onwards, right? So we have both backwards and forwards, mm-hmm. and that's one of the features that many many of our uh, legal customers you know requested for us to add, and we added it, and it uh, it's it's like they love it. So so we it's the same kind of you know you have a target date, you got to work backwards, you got to submit this, you got to do that, you got to do that, and we have some of that functionality. So and I think also you're referring to pipelines. So yeah, pipelines, like pipelines are, are a different feature. Pipelines okay. are a slightly different feature. I mean, they do. They, they, there is a relationship there. Pipeline is more like I have these major stages of, of, mm-hmm. of a project or, or an opportunity, and uh, and there are some steps within there that have to happen, right? Versus an activity set is I have a court date, uh, September first, and okay, you know right. two weeks prior right. I gotta I got I gotta file this, and four weeks prior to that I gotta file that, and so all those. Um, uh, tasks get created at the right time so that you don't miss those uh, those important filing dates. And, and, and I think the way I've been doing it, and maybe I haven't been doing it the proper daylight way, if you'll forgive me, is that I've been creating these pipelines. And within the pipelines, I've created these activity sets mm-hmm. so that, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm working on an EEO case and you know, I'm creating my own task generator and appointment generator. So if the opening order to start the case has um, been made from that day, you know, 60 days to do this, 120 days to do that, et cetera. Once, you know, that activity set's been done, then we wait until well, a motion for summary judgment's been made. And from the motion of summary judgment, how many days we have for response and how much days to the, does the agency get an uh, opportunity to respond back? So I think in a sense, we're talking the same thing, same things. Yeah, you, I, I've just done it a slightly different. Right. So, so the activity sets and the pipelines, they're very closely related. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so we, you know, in the pipelines, we use uh, a subset of the activity mm-hmm. sets. So, so that's, uh, that's probably why, you know, it, it works the way it works fine for you because they're kind of, you know, related. Um, but no, and, I, and I love it. So for my, my third question, Let's talk about the future. How do you see daylight uh, approaching the future and what we might expect or what we might look for when it comes to a CRM? So it's a good question. And, and um, in terms of the future, what we've done is we've, we've kind of zoomed out and said, okay, you know, what is it, what business problems are we solving for people? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, we, and in, that, in that method of thinking, we kind of, you know, remove the technology in, 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 in thinking of that. And so, you know, the four business problems that we solve are, you know, helping you build your relationships, helping you close deals, executing on those, uh, on those things, and then finally scaling your business, like growing your business. Right. And, and so when we look at, when, and, and, you know, there's, they're like, they, you know, there, there's a, a, a theory called jobs to be done theory, which is, which is what kind of drives this thought process. And they're like s- small sub jobs in between, like, for example, the activity sets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not features per se, but they're business problems that, that we need to solve. 
And so for us, it's always we're thinking about the business problem. The technology can change, right? And as we think about the future, for example, you know, we're currently heavily on the Mac. Uh, there'll be more and more iOS. There'll be more iPad, like you know, an M1 on an iPad. You know, mm-hmm. it's like that's a pretty powerful computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why can't you do some of the things that you currently do on the Mac uh, on an M1 uh, iPad? So so we're thinking about things that way. Uh, and so we're, um, you know, and Apple has been adding, uh, the, to, to our, to, to, to our pleasure has been adding the features that have been missing on those, uh, on, on iPad OS, for example, for us to be able to do those things on that platform. Okay. So, so we're, we're, uh, we're, we're thinking, uh, that way, uh, we're thinking, you know, since since now we you know we've 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 gone to the cloud backed thing with the REST API and so forth, we're thinking of more integrations. Uh, so there's a quite uh, you know there's a lot to look forward to um, in terms of what is possible and and, uh, and and what we'll end up doing. Like it's it's pretty exciting actually. So if there was one big thing that every business owner should be looking forward at the future to make sure that their business continues to grow. Mm-hmm. What would that, what would that one thing be? I, you're, you're a business owner. You're, you're of course growing your business like any other attorney, you know, they're trying to keep their business, you know, not only sustained, but growing. What is it as a business person, you know, regardless of what field you're in that you need to be looking for from technology that you need to help grow your business? It's a good question. I think the, the, this is something that, that, you know, I, as a business, I have to continually do. Right. Um, and I think when I, when I talk to many other entrepreneurs, uh, because many of our customers are entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. right. Uh, one of the things that I see a pattern that I see that, um, um, you know, I try to, 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 to not fall into is, is getting, and, and I have fallen into because, you know, <laughs> We all make these mistakes and that is getting is not zooming out periodically to understand the landscape Mm -hmm. um, and and how the landscape is changing or, or what are the opportunities in the new landscape? Because um, uh, you don't do that. And all of a sudden you're in there, you're in the weeds and you're doing your work and everything. And, and you all of a sudden will become irrelevant. Right. right. Because, because, you know, you, you're in there, your, your head is in the sand, you're working, you're, you're, you're paying the bills, you're, you're keeping the lights up, everything is fine, but then the world is still moving. Right. So you have to periodically right. zoom out and, and, and look at the landscape, uh, get, get, you know, get a, a fresh view and say, okay, I'm, I'm on the right path. Let me continue. Or hmm, there's a new opportunity or, or there's a threat this way. I got to, I got to make a move. And, and what I notice is that sometimes people just get, you know, uh, stuck in there they keep working there and they don't zoom out enough to kind of look around and see what is possible. What, you know, uh, what are the threats? And, uh, and sometimes many times, in fact, it's like, no, it's stay the course, you know, there's, mm-hmm. but, but you have to have that discipline of doing that periodically. And I just don't see it enough. So AJ, Thank you so much for being a guest today. Tell us, where can people find you? Thank you for having me on. You can find me at uh, marketcircle.com, www.marketcircle.com. 
Uh, and of course, you can probably find me on LinkedIn. Uh, just search for my name and you'll find me there. But our website is there and we only have one. So there you go. Excellent. Well, thanks again and have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the page podcast. Our next episode will be posted in about two weeks. If you have any ideas about a future episode, please contact me at DJ at the page. Have a great day and happy luring. Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.